Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, everybody. Good day. It's game day. We are ready for the Sharks and the Canucks. The Sharks currently sitting at 7th in the Pacific. 22 wins, 21 losses, 4 overtime losses, 48 points. They are now currently 2 back of Vancouver, 7 back of Anaheim, 7 back of L.A., 7 back of Edmonton, 11 back of Vegas, and 14 back of 1st place Calgary. 9-1-0 in their last 10. They have won 8 in a row. They are surging. If we take a look at the overall wild card standings, we will see that the San Jose Sharks, well, they're a bit out right now. They currently are at seventh there. Again, 48 points, seven points back of second place LA. So that's that's the ground they've got to make up. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I think there's an argument to be made that tonight is up to this point one of the biggest games of the year because I do think that this Sharks team is teetering on the brink of, you know, the season could really go one way or the other right now because it's four straight without a win. Their last win was a while ago in Washington. Then they had some overtime losses, but three L's overall. And then they had the game on Monday night in which they lost to Edmonton. And this is where this is where things can kind of get bad. This is where things can kind of hinge. This is where we don't really know what's going to happen with this San Jose Sharks team. And it's something that I have really, really hit on time and time again is that, you know, right now you've never felt the absence of Eric Carlson more. You've never felt the absence of Kevin LeBanc more. These are clutch performers for this team in the past, and you don't have them right now. And obviously LeBanc's been out for a while and Carlson's a more recent thing, but it certainly isn't helping the situation. And if you didn't maybe understand either of their importance before, especially Carlson, maybe you most certainly do now, because right now this is when the Sharks need guys to step up and the more players of that caliber that you have capable of standing up, I mean, obviously the better. Right now, the Sharks, you know, they, they, they're they hurting, uh, particularly for offense. And you have two of your guys that you're relying on this year in Carlson and LeBanc who aren't there. And, and again, I know LeBanc's been out longer, but it's still something that you wish you had right now. And yes, injuries are part of the game, but this is where the Sharks are hurting. They are specifically poor on on offense. They're not scoring goals. They're not creating chances, or at least not enough of them. And then, you know, you look at that game the other night, they had a good start. They had, what, six or seven shots on goal in the first six or seven minutes. And then they gave up against a goal against Edmonton, and that was kind of against the grain of the game because things have been going the Sharks' way. And then, you know, you heard Bob Bugner talk about it, that it seemed like the harder they tried to get themselves back into the game, the more they were not capable of really able to do much on offense. I mean, they were making bad passes, just kind of careless, throwing things in front and kind of just, you know, hoping and praying that something would happen, but there was no indication that something would happen. And that's, that's what was most frustrating for me is that you are so close to creating success in that game early on. 
And then when you went behind, it seems like they were just trying to get too cute and make the home run pass. And it was a little bit of that hero hockey. And I understand why that does creep into the narrative because you need somebody to step up. I mean, if someone plays that hero hockey and you win, everybody's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's exactly what you need. Somebody needed to step up. But I always say, you know, how, how likely is that the one man is going to turn the tide? Unlikely. Is it more likely that if you get more members of your team to do the things that you know you need to do well that might allow you to chip away and get yourself back into a game? Seems like a better path that way. Not that I'm ever going to turn down the hero hockey. The hero hockey, though, just becomes very, very evident when you see it failing in front of you. Everybody's trying to do too much. Everybody's trying to hit that home run pass. Everybody's trying to make something happen. And in your effort of making something happen, you're not good enough in the moment because there is more inherent risk and there is... Also, more of a chance you can get a little bit spread out when the game opens up in a third period. And, you know, they going into a, a third period and you've only given up two goals, that should be a good chance for a winnable game. The problem is it's not right now. This team does not have the consistency on offense where giving up, you know, two goals entering the third does not give you a for sure chance of winning. I wish I could say it did because with, you know, with the San Jose Sharks, you know, the past, it's been two or fewer, two or fewer, and it's a, a kind of a, you know, it's a bit at this point, but it's true. Right now, it's more like one or none. And, and that's kind of how it works with the points right now because the Sharks, you know, too many times this year we've seen them get shut out. Too many times we've seen them not have the answers on offense or, you know, they've just fallen so far behind that they are not able to climb the mountain to get themselves back over the top. You look back at that, you know, game on the road against Pittsburgh. That's one example, getting blown out early by Tampa at home. That's another example. Now credit to the Sharks. They've been able to adjust and come back and, you know, have better showings against those teams. And we're going to see another game of adjustments against Boston coming up in this month. But, you know, right now the Sharks need to go into this game tonight figuring out how they are going to generate offense. A big plus is they will have Balsers out there on the ice tonight. This is what Bob Bugner had to say about Balsers and also a little bit about what he's doing to shake things up. Yeah, um, he feels pretty good this morning, so he's going to be in. Uh, he'll go back on his line with Cooch and Daly. Uh, we're going to change up the third line a little bit and uh, um, go Cogliano, Benino, and Gregor. And, uh, um, and Veeler's going back in on that fourth with PD and moving Nieto down there so we can have a little more balance. Vancouver has pretty good balance in their four lines. And right now, Bob Bugner's obviously in a position where he has to shake things up to try and make something happen. And I, I have no problem with that, you know, especially the decision to move Noah Gregor, because Noah Gregor, he's got to bury these goals. And if you didn't hear my interview with him that I did with he and Mario Ferraro uh, during the break, you should go back and check it out. It's on the Sharks Hockey uh, Digest podcast. It's just Roundtable uh, 2, I believe. Yeah, Roundtable 2. Noah Gregor and Mario Ferraro, they give a really cool interview. And I asked Noah about, you know, his his game. And he is aware that he is creating these chances. It's just a matter of it not being the back of the net. And that's something that's got to change. More from Bugner. Uh, well, you know, Noah's got to speed. I thought he played really well last game. Again, capitalizing on his chances would be uh, would help us out. But, uh, you know, he's working hard. He's getting more possession. He looks more confident out there. Um, you know, and that line's been good for a while, the Benino line with, with Nieto and Cogs. But, uh, um, you know, I believe if, if, if you got a guy like Noah on that line, he can add some speed, he can add some uh, a little more puck possession. Um, you know, Noah's, Noah's continuing to improve, which is which is uh, is good. And he's a versatile guy. So, you know, if there's an opening in the top six and someone goes down, he can play there. Um, but really, I feel what line he's playing on tonight is, is probably the right spot for, for Noah on our team. 
And in terms of finding out where Noah is going to fit best, playing along guys like Cogliano and Benino, who might be able to put him in a better chance to succeed, where maybe it feels like some of the pressure is taken off him and they can use his speed in contrast to what we see with Benino and Cogliano. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with all of that. I don't have any issues with him changing things up, with trying to find something that works, because that's that's what a good coach does. You find something that works. You find something that's going to make an adjustment. And hopefully that adjustment will lead to a goal or lead towards the Sharks creating opportunities and being able to do something that really gives them an advantage against a Vancouver team. But listen, I think I think Vancouver is decent. I, I think that this is a game, though, that I view the Sharks as not just needing to win, but they should win. If you're in a team that's only a couple of points different than you in the standings and you are in your own building, you should win. I mean, that's how I felt against Edmonton the other night. Didn't work out, obviously. But I look at this game tonight and I say the Sharks should win this game. Yeah, you know what? I think that, uh, um, first of all, when he first got there, obviously they're inspired. It's a coaching change, mixed things up. They went on their little run. Um, but, you know, I think they've settled in uh, under his uh, under his command. I think that, uh, um, you know, things have improved. It looks like... Um, you know, it looks like they're they're playing hard and they're playing together as a team. That's usually what happens in a coaching change. I think that uh, um, there's some more balance on the lines. I think that uh, um, they got a scoring threat uh, every time they're out there. Um, you know, and I think their special teams have improved as well. We'll get on that talk of their penalty kill in a second for Vancouver. But for the Sharks, listen, the kill had a good night the other night, but the power play needs to step up. I mean, we, we've been talking about this for a while. The Sharks need to improve their power play. They need to have balance on their special teams. It's great that your penalty kill is one of the better units out there, but you need to make that all the more impressive by backing it up with the power play. And yes, this is not, I'm not breaking any news here, but you know, the Sharks would make lives a lot easier on themselves if they could just bury some power play goals, if they could just do a little bit more in that situation to find the back of the net, to give themselves a goal and give themselves a little bit of momentum. And that's one of the things that scared me a little bit about what we've seen over the past four games where the Sharks have not been able to register a W is that it reminds me of last year and that it's all uphill hockey. Not a lot of downhill hockey last year. And we we saw and we have seen some downhill hockey from the Sharks this year where it seems like they're, you know, letting their momentum not just, you know, plop them down on their faces, but really carry them against a team. And you need to create a little bit more of that tonight. And I, I, again, I, you know, I wondered about a fight against Edmonton later in the game, if you needed something to really rile up the team. And this is another instance where you have to be asking yourself, like, what do the sharks need to do to find that emotional fire early on in this game? What do they need to have happen to give themselves that boost, that oomph, that extra, that's really going to give them a little bit more in this game to build upon. And I think that this is a team that, because it is such a razor thin margin for them that if they do go down early, you can kind of feel everybody just deflate. And I felt that a lot more lately than I did earlier in the year. And I understand it's a long year. You're in the midst of a very, you know, grinding aspect. It's the quote unquote dog days, but you know, this is the time where you're going to either punch your ticket to the playoffs or not, or at least put yourself in the position to eventually punch your ticket to the playoffs. And I know the playoffs is not the only standard that we have for the Sharks this year, and it's not the only thing that I'm looking at by a long shot, but are they going to play well enough to give themselves a chance? Are they going to continue this trend of being better month over month, or are they going to taper off and regress? I mean, that's a big question for Bob Bugner. That's a big question for Logan Couture. And listen, there are, of course, mitigating factors like injuries. 
But you have to have these guys step up. You need more out of the captain. You need more out of Brent Burns. You know, Tomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer have done so much for this team this year, but you know, you have to go to them and you have to keep on asking them to continue to make adjustments and to continue to improve their game just because it's, I mean, this is the NHL. This is what it demands. A little bit here now on that penalty kill of Vancouver's. Yeah, I think they're a little more aggressive, to be honest with you. I think that, um, you know, you can still get the puck up top and they eye up so you have your flanks available. Um, but I think just like everything else in their game is committing to, you know, blocking shots more, getting in shot lanes, um, you know, not allowing the second, third chances around their net, being a little grittier around their net. Um, you know, and, and, and up ice, they try and present a, a pretty good wall at the, at the blue line. I think maybe they were backing in a little bit more before. So I think it's just a more of an aggressive penalty kill. Um, and, you know, I know Scotty Walker, and I think he's one of the guys in charge of running that penalty kill. Scotty was a good penalty killer himself. Uh, was an ex-teammate of mine. So, uh, you know, a guy just brings maybe a different voice, a different message, and uh, um, an aggressive approach. Yeah, the name Scotty Walker taking me back. He hasn't been in the NHL since 2010, which is, you know, 12 years ago, which is pretty wild. But I do remember him with Vancouver and uh, and Carolina, and uh, I believe he was with Nashville as well. But uh, Bugner talked a little bit about Walker. We, me and Scotty, we had a lot of laughs together, and just he was a good teammate. You know, Scotty was one of those guys that just. Uh, um, you know, he, he found a way to stick around the league a long time and he improved as he did. And, uh, you know, he had toughness to him, um, you know, and just uh, very vocal in the dressing room and things like that. So uh, I got along with Scotty really well. I always like hearing stuff like that from Bugner personally. Um, Bugner also talked about the defense, specifically uh, Ryan Merkley being back in the lineup. And Merkley, you know, to me, I, I've really been impressed with him. I've liked what I've seen out of him out there, especially transporting the puck, especially being an offensive weapon. I think that he's still obviously very young. He's got a long way to go, but you see the potential. And, uh, you know, he's scored a goal before, and I can't think of a better time than uh, than tonight to see him do it again. Yeah, so I'll, we'll put uh, we'll start Ryan with uh, uh, with Vlasic. And, uh, um, you know, throughout the game, we'll probably go a lot of five and switch partners up a little bit. But, uh, you know, he can help us on our, like I said yesterday, on our exits, help us with some possession and uh, hopefully help our second unit power play. And listen, Merkley knows he's getting this opportunity because he can do something on offense. He can contribute more, which everyone on the Sharks knows right now that they need to do more. They need to be contributing more than what they're doing or else they wouldn't be getting shut out, right? And uh, Matt Nieto definitely knows that is the case. Uh, He talked about that earlier today as well. Yeah, I mean, we know, you know, the position that we're in right now and how important these games are. And, you know, we got a lot of division games coming up, so... um, yeah, these are huge games for us, and everyone in the room is aware of that. And, uh, you know, it's on us to to come back tonight and uh, be ready when the puck drops. And obviously that's important. Nobody should be satisfied with the loss. Nobody should be satisfied with that performance because I think we all know the Sharks are a better team than what they showed the other night, or at least that's that's our hope. I mean, they they are now falling in line with the expectations that were given at the start of the year, there would be a bottom three team in the Pacific division right now. They occupy the seven spot. So this is, I mean, th- this is why I keep on coming back to it. This is a huge part of the season because if they have six of these seven games here, that's already started with a loss. So now you've got five of six going into the end of the month that are all five of six are at home. If you can't thrive in this situation, then it's not going to be successful for the San Jose sharks from here on out. I don't think. I mean, you have Vancouver at home tonight. Sunday, you have Vegas. That's a big challenge. Then you go at Anaheim. 
then the Islanders at home, then Boston at home, then Seattle at home, and the month is done the next day. You're off that day. I mean, that's that's a stretch of games where it sh- you should be able to get some wins. I thought they could beat Edmonton. They did not. I think they can beat Vancouver. I think they can beat the Islanders. I think they can get beat Boston. I think they can beat Seattle. Anaheim and Vegas are going to be very difficult, especially Anaheim on the road. And that's this is why I look at tonight's game. This is why I look at the entire stretch right now and, you know, being very important. And I know that we've had several stretches this year, like that four-game road trip. And, you know, the Sharks did a decent job on that four-game road trip before the break. They were able to get four out of eight points. They did enough to keep their head above water. You didn't love how some of it ended up, but, you know, it, it was what it was. However, now you're at home. You're against opponents that are right there in your level and if you can't beat them, that doesn't uh, that doesn't make you think like a lot of good is happening in the near future for the rest of this season. There's a lot of hockey left to be played. Obviously, they've played now 47 games. They haven't won for four games in a row now. Obviously, there have been some overtime losses in there, so that's good. You'd rather win points or earn points than none at all, but you need to get two. And you need to show that you're better than a team that's similar to you in the standings when they're in your own house. You know, the wins earlier in the year against some of the top teams in the NHL or even on the road as well, those were nice, but now you need to win when you need to win, when you are right there with your opposition and the main advantage is that you are in your own house. That's what you need to do to establish yourself as a team to be reckoned with in your own building. It shouldn't matter who the opposition is. Obviously it does, but it, you know, in a perfect world, it wouldn't, but the Sharks aren't that team anymore. They're trying to build themselves to that point. You got to take it one step at a time. And tonight's game against Vancouver would be a great step. And then especially on Sunday against Vegas, there's probably going to be a lot of emotion in that game. There's probably going to be a lot going on. I, you know, I, I would look at that game as one where the Sharks might surprise with a win because there is going to be so much emotion. And they, you know, haven't had Vegas in the building with fans for a long, long time. So it'll be a little bit different. But, you know, this this game tonight, this is big. You need to create offense and you need to do it early. I know I sound like a broken record. But it's not very difficult to figure out that when the Sharks score early, A, and or B, when they score first, especially if they do both of those things, it's going to end up going pretty well for the Sharks. They are simply better when they strike first, like, you know, the majority of teams in the NHL. But, you know, when you look at a Sharks team that needs so much to go in their way, that they need this type of momentum, that they need this type of a you know, kind of a wind in their sails. Too often we've seen them deflated. We've seen them with the wind out of their sails. Let's see them put the wind in their sails. Let's see them give themselves that advantage in the game. If they do that, you know, strike early and hopefully do it often, then they'll put themselves in a very, very good position. If they if they can't do that, then, you know, we, we, we saw it the other night. We've seen it time and time again. They fall behind. They can't climb back into the game. They try to do too much on offense and it turns into a, you know, a formula for a lack of success. And that's, it's not going to work if they want to keep themselves in this race. And then overall, if they want to keep on improving month to month, my overall theme has been, if they keep on getting better, they're going to find themselves in the playoff chase when all is said and done. I didn't know whether or not that would come to fruition, but it seemed like a pretty valid take. And for the most part, the Sharks have done just that. But, you know, the, the break happened. They were passed up by some teams. They're not out of it by any way, shape or form, but The best way to climb back into it is to take advantage of these home games tonight against Vancouver being one that is so just absolutely critical because they need to have a little bit of momentum. You can't be desperate going into Las Vegas, going into a game against Vancouver desperate. I'm much more okay with that going desperate into Vegas. If they're coming off yet another loss, then, 
you know, that game has a chance to get opened up early. If you do that against Vegas, they can punish you. Then you have to go to Anaheim, back home against the Islanders, and then Boston and Seattle. I mean, it's just, it's a grind. And right now they've got to embrace the grind. They've got to embrace everything that they're being tasked with and find a way to score goals and give themselves momentum early in the game. That wraps it up for this edition of The Buildup. Be sure to join us tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. And of course, check out any of our other podcasts, most of which can be found under Sharks Hockey Digest. Great content from all around hockey that we love bringing to you. But again, that wraps up this edition of The Buildup. Join us tonight at 7 for pregame coverage, 7.30 for the game broadcast. Dan Rusinowski with the call on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.